We're back again with another episode of Pursuit Podcast. With me, as always, Kim Mokron. Hello. I'm assuming you're fired up and ready for this new episode. With Felix Mittalen Studio, I'm uh, extremely fired up. Yeah, that's great to hear. Because our guest today is a man who has experienced best of two worlds. Felix Mittalle played men's soccer and started his college career for Florida Atlantic University in sunny Florida and finished his degree at Hofstra University in New York in May 2019. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here. Great to be here. Yeah, good. Yeah. You're back now. And it was a good time to get you on the show because I've been looking at some uh, old highlights uh, and on in like our top five lists. Your goal in your freshman year for Florida Atlantic it was it was there. We'll, we'll certainly talk about that. But uh, it's good to have you here, and we want to hear about your journey because that was also uh, with some twists and turns, as it typically is in processes like this. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great journey overall. Uh, I've experienced a lot of things uh, that has really um, affected me personally and just been a part of um, my life. And I will always like uh, continue to be looking at, back at it as a great period and uh, also some tough periods where uh, you really learn from it. And uh, you have to like dig deep to to because you're, you're far yeah. away from home and. New, new situations and but also that's how you grow as a person exactly that's one of the reasons i i would recommend uh, people to just take the chance and do it yeah because you, you you just recently graduated yeah um and your your journey started i mean you ended up in florida and you then you moved on to new york uh because you kind of been doing what a lot of students that contact us they say where well when we ask them where do you want to go and they say well either new york area or, or florida and you've done both of those yeah i've def- definitely experienced two uh, two sides two sides of the world that are extremely exciting uh there's a lot of different uh, uh cultures and uh, you can really it's it's a lot to do basically. So there's not only the soccer part or the athlete part. It's uh, it's more to it, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah we'll get get into that uh, later on in the episode. But we'll start at the beginning, and where the motivation was for for you to actually push through with going to the U.S. to study and and play soccer. Well, how did that come about? Um, I I was looking into doing something new. Uh, I'm very outspoken, so I enjoy meeting new cultures, new people, uh, and that that was one of the reasons I really had to like get out of Oslo. Get like I needed to do something new, and uh, also I felt like I didn't really get anywhere here in uh, Norway with my uh, my soccer. I wanted to continue playing soccer, and like I really really enjoyed it and had a, a big passion for it. But for me, it was very hard to. Um, get to the next level. I was playing second division with uh, Ullern, which is a club in uh, Oslo here in uh, Norway. Um, and I didn't really have like a starting position or anything. And and then the team got relegated. And then I realized that I might be better off uh, studying uh, and still continue playing soccer because I realized that my chances of 
getting into the pro world with soccer wouldn't necessarily decrease by doing that. So, so was that your big goal? Uh, I mean, I remember speaking to you about it, yeah. but obviously the the pro ambition was was always there and was quite prominent when we started working together yeah. and, and to find a place where that could be possible to do that. Exactly. That that was one of the big uh, motivations for it. Uh, as the years have uh, went by, uh, my my aim now is not necessarily to become an elite Sederin player or or become a pro football player, but I still enjoy it. And that's why I still play soccer here in uh, in Norway. So it's been a big part of my life and that's why I I really wanted to continue playing it. Yeah. Because you... You had some options on where you wanted to go. I mean, that's typically how the process is that we uh, we go out and, and find options for you with coaches wanting to recruit you. And, and obviously, we have to assist you. It's your choice completely to land on where you want to go, but we are presenting the options and, and, and figuring out uh, with you what, what is the best fit. And in the end, the choice was Florida Atlantic. Um, why did you make that decision? Uh, I made that decision because they were a team in a very good uh, conference with uh, great potential. Um, and the coach, uh, he was uh, very enthusiastic and uh, he wanted to bring me in. And I knew I would get like a, a key role in the team. And that was one of the main factors I wanted to go exactly there. And also, I thought that the temperature and um, the school was very, very interesting uh, too. Uh, it's a big uh, public school with over 30,000 students. So um, uh, I was really able to experience the college life uh, fully. Yeah, Because the, the, you mentioned conference. And obviously in, in Division One, which Florida Atlantic is part of, there is over 200 teams across the whole nation. And obviously the U.S. is a, is a big country. And they're splitting it up into different conferences where it's – somewhat regional but the the conference usa where for our atlantic play that's also it will require quite a bit of travel uh yeah. with against the schools here when you have away games yeah that that was uh, definitely one of the most uh, exciting parts of it because i was i was able to uh, we basically flew to every game uh so we went to for example kentucky where they have a very good college culture and uh, uh i was able to to see like different parts of America and there's definitely huge differences in in both the the student life and the cultural life in uh, in Kentucky and uh, Florida for example and then I also went to New Mexico which is almost on the west coast so and uh, some of the crowds there are insane because um, the the better crowds aren't necessarily on the cooler places they might be on the more uh, uh, f- I mean uh, where there are like a bigger passion for for sports yeah. and more rural areas where yeah. they don't really have any big sports team other than the college team that they exactly. support yeah uh, and it's fun to obviously you, you step out and you start games and it's completely different from what you used to from your team back home in Europe yeah it's it's, uh, it's a whole new ball game really when it when it comes to the experience yeah and I, I guess you felt the same yeah it's uh, it's definitely a lot higher tempo uh, sometimes the tempo might feel a little bit too high for the level of uh, of the players but but then again you learn to adapt and I definitely feel like I've 
I've improved some of the some of the skills I didn't necessarily have from playing in uh, in Norway, uh, where it is more like uh, low tempo, more focus on the technical abilities and. Uh, bit more tactical maybe it's a bit more tactical because in america you don't really have that much time to implement a very um uh like a, tr- a true identity so um because preseason is quite short yeah you, you get there and for the fall semester and right away you're thrown in with uh if you're new with with the brand new team and you have two three weeks to get uh, cohesion and yeah. and get build the team and understand each other and then you start playing officially. Yeah. It's quite quick. It's very quick. So you have to adapt quickly and it's a major benefit not uh, not pulling any muscles or getting any, any injuries in the beginning because then you might f- fall off a little bit. So uh, fall off a little bit, but um, if you can just get along with it, try to learn as much as you you're able to learn and you you get into that starting lineup it will be easier for you to catch up on it because you play so many games and uh, by the end it's the games that you really learn how to adapt and i want to speak to you about uh, a one very special game i know for you and trolls and i've been been re-watching this goal uh that you scored uh, it's one of the first games you played uh, in the season um you're playing against University of South Carolina, which is Joey, your your head coach. That's his former. Uh, he was used used to coach for them, so it was also a very special game for him. I know I know him very well, and we've spoken about that. Uh, so it was a special feeling for him to come back, and uh, you you played a main part in that game. Walk us through how that was. Uh, it was probably the top moment uh, in college soccer. F- for my for me uh we were uh, really struggling in that game so uh, we felt that we kind of had to had have, have those uh, take care of those special moments for us to be able to win that game and we we truly did so um basically the the ball was just played in behind and i picked up one of the second balls and then um um it bounced uh, one or two times and then i hit it on half volley and it just flew in the net, which that feeling was just so great. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't really used to playing in front of that many people too, so just running around on the pitch and uh, pitch and celebrate, it was such a great feeling. Because yeah, it was zero zero, and and you get that chance, and I mean it's a chance, but you make the most of it. And you you say it hit the back of the net, it hit the top corner. It was a beautiful strike, like a ESPN top ten place. I would. Uh, uh, you would see uh, goals like that, uh, you know, posted. And so you go up one nil. Then they equalize uh, towards the end of the game, and then yeah. you go to overtime. Of course, they need a winner in the U.S. And after ninety, you you play two times ten minutes. And I believe in the overtime, there was another great goal scored by you guys. Yeah. Um, that and, goal and, was uh, fantastic. Uh, your your fellow Norwegian Ferdi, who was playing with you. At the same time, he he obviously made a great assist, and one of your other teammates just buried it with an unbelievable volley, I think, and two-one victory in front of the seventeen hundred uh, home fans. Uh, it was a good f- flight back home, then I guess. <laughs> oh, that flight was great, but during that period, uh, we were actually um, we were actually in South Carolina. We had to be in South Carolina because there was. Um, 
the f- what is it called again? Uh, Irma, the um, uh, hurricane. The hurricane. Sorry, yeah, the hurricane Irma. So we had to stay in South Carolina for the next two weeks after that game. That was one of the coolest feelings ever because we were around campus and the University of South Carolina players were just like walking around and they always had to like see us <laughs> and we we won that game so that was a fun fun experience yeah okay two weeks there wow. yeah that's uh, good you won the game yeah <laughs> it was good that we won the two game two weeks away from uh, from home uh, but that's interesting obviously that can come with living in florida yeah. where uh, in the, in the fall there are sometimes hurricanes and obviously that you have to um, you know get away from that if it's really really bad uh, that's a that's a downside of, uh, of florida i guess yeah things like that could happen in florida but then again they they're usually prepared for it and uh, all the buildings are are protected against it so you should be fine as long as there aren't really any crazy hurricane most of us were i mean People were fine in Florida during Hurricane Irma, and that was a pretty big, big one. Yeah. Mm. And it's interesting then, you, because sometimes you go on these away trips and you play maybe two, maybe three universities if they're far away, but here you're, you're stuck. Uh, how, how did the school cope with that, with academics? I mean, you, you were supposed to go to your classes and yeah. lectures, and how, how did you cope? So... Uh, what happened was that we we brought our own academic advisor to South Carolina, so um, she was taking care of us and uh, she was making sure we were doing the study hall where we had time to study together and uh, make sure that we we did our schoolwork. So there weren't any any downside with that necessarily. Uh, so and also we were able to uh, have the exams. Um, in the hotel we stayed at because the professor uh, adapted to it and uh, she could sort of have exams um, uh, orally with us instead. Mm. It's amazing how the support network, if something like that happens, then is is right there. You, you are a student athlete. Yeah, so it's students fully... is, is first in that word. And of course you need to keep up with schoolwork in order to be able to play. Yeah, it's it's fully professional. It's a fully professional environment, and uh, you get the the treatment you you need to do um, to do well on the pitch, and you get the necessary help to be able to do do your best, basically. So everything is put together so you can be the best student and the best athlete at the same time, which is very good. And they put a lot of resources in it, and they also have a lot of resources to make sure you're you're doing your best both at school and uh, in uh, in your studies yeah and then you ended up having a good freshman year uh, you actually became the top goal scorer for the team yeah. but you only scored two goals which yeah. you, you needed some more goals than that the, the team didn't do very well it was it was because Joey had just taken over and it was the rebuilding phase no doubt i mean there was uh and it can take some time to build a team of of, of players uh with a new coach and uh so, so you opted for looking at other opportunities as a result of that yeah I exactly remember. yeah uh so i sort of took advantage of me having a quite decent year um and i wanted to 
to get a, a little bit of an increase in scholarship too because I felt I I um, I kind of deserved it. Uh, so I wanted to look around and see if, if there were any other places that might be of my interest. Um, because I remember, obviously, there's a process to to changing schools, and you had a very open dialogue, and we, we had an open yeah. dialogue with with uh, Joey, and he was, of course, very understanding of your situation, where he was in a situation where he would he really wanted to give you more scholarship, but obviously with budgetary restraints, and there was just no money that he was able to give you, and uh, since you, because you made the decision. Quite late, I would say. I think you you made the decision to go to or, or to attend Florida Atlantic in in late April, and yeah. then you went over in August, which is quite late. Um, so obviously that might have a, you you could have gone to some other places where your scholarship was much higher. Um, so obviously, but in the end, it turned out that it wasn't possible to meet your like financial uh, goals or needs, and then. You could have continued at Florida Atlantic, but you also could look at some other options. Exactly. And uh, I also wanted to experience new places while I, I was in um, the US. I, I thought this was the only, this was like the main uh, window where I could potentially try something new. Uh, because as soon as, as, soon as you, you're in your school for more than one, two years, it's, it's very hard to change your environment. So, I wanted to get a fresh start and try something new in um, a cool place, basically. And uh, New York for me was the it's the it's a it's the city of dreams. So it was a very tempting place to go. And uh, when I had the chance, I didn't I didn't uh, I just have to had to take it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we'll talk about next. Yeah. New York City. <laughs> So, new scholarship, new opportunity at Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. It was a good start for you there. Yeah, it was a very good start. Um, it's a it's a very good school academically, uh, and also the sports teams there are are known to be very uh, as like at the top in their conference at least. So, um, uh, for me, it was a, an exciting opportunity, and also it's very. It has a very the university has a very good uh, location uh, at Long Island in in New York, so it's very easy to um, travel to, for example, Manhattan, uh, where most of the tourists uh, are going, and uh, uh, it really yeah it's it's a really exciting uh, university. Yeah, I remember the, um, they've had. I mean, it's, it is a very well-respected academic institution, highly ranked. And they also had the presidential debate uh, at that school, which is always, uh, that's when people can hear about yeah. schools maybe back in Norway. It's not like a Harvard school where everybody would know about Harvard and the Ivy League schools in, in Europe and, and other parts. But Hofstra is right up there with being uh, a top top end school. So you yeah. got a very, very good degree from there. Yeah, exactly. Um... And I also, uh, like looking back at it, I can certainly tell you that the degree from Hofstra has a high reputation among uh, um, employers. So especially in the US, it was very easy to to get like a broader network and to talk uh, to, to basically like reach out to people that could help you get to somewhere else. And 
get further in both the job world and the sports world, which is very interesting. Because that is a difference maybe, or maybe they're just better at it in the US. They're very willing to help you, the yeah. Americans, if they you are. if you are proactive and you reach out. Exactly. Um, some of the reasons I think um, are that there are a lot of, there's a lot more competition there. So if you are willing to uh, put in your effort and you show them that you're willing to learn, you're willing to uh, to be helpful and just you're curious about things, you you will get your chance there. And uh, they really value the experience as a student athlete because they know what they're they've they've been through basically. So um, so so I was like I felt like I was in a high demand because in the beginning in the in the beginning process after I uh, was in the like later stage of my education I started looking at jobs in New York uh, I thought that would be a really tempting idea to get some work experience in New York and maybe maybe tr- try it out in the big world basically like bringing experience from a place like New York to Norway I thought would be like the ideal case but unfortunately due to covid reasons I had to kind of shut that that idea down but um but it was a very like cool uh, cool idea in my head and I kind of thought that since I was able to stay in America be proactive join the community and do things that was a little bit more outside the normal studying phase um i thought it would be cool to just i thought i was ready to just uh, do my best and just kill it in the big world so that was one of the main yeah. reasons you really got the confidence yeah. uh, after your your years in the us yeah that's, i did that's for sure you came back uh, you came back a man left the boy came back a man <laughs> exactly <laughs> i i grew so much in my three years in the united states yeah. And you, you talk about three years. Normally, it takes four years to complete your bachelor's. Exactly. But you, and obviously that was part of our process, uh, you you ended up finishing early, which to many is uh, is a good thing. I mean, they some might think that, oh, four years it takes a long time to get your degree. Of course, you could do it quicker, but if you do it in the normal uh, path, it's four years. But you, you did it in three. How, how, how did you manage that? Okay, so first of all, I brought some credits uh, from my high school. I took kind of the upper-level courses in my high school in Norway, so I were able to transfer some of the, the upper-level courses into the electives because in, in the U.S., you, you, it, a bachelor's degree takes four years, but in Norway and any other European countries, it's, it's usually three years, and that's because of the electives you take in America. So those electives could be, for example, social sciences or... Uh, natural sciences or um, things that might help you to to form you into like a much more complete student but they might not be as useful if you you already had them in your high school yeah. so and there's nothing to do with the business degree no, nothing you took. To do it was just uh, it's just credits so that you like i said you get competence in other areas exactly so um, and also the semesters in america are divided into two semesters uh and both of them are very short. They're in maybe three to four months. So, and that makes room for a winter and a summer semester. Uh, and they also have a, like a, a broader area of courses you can take. So I took advantage of that and did a couple of courses during the summer and the winter period, 
which really helped me to uh, to complete my degree um, in shorter time, and that also may be able to potentially do a master's degree in America too. Because mm. yeah. the rules are, you you're allowed to play your sport for four years yeah. and that's obviously typically what it takes to get your bachelor's but you opted to to in the end come home and and you've obviously now started your master's degree here yeah i am uh, sorry for that <laughs> i thought the combination of a degree in america and a master's degree in norway would be the ideal fit for me because i knew uh that i i would probably work uh and settle down in norway uh so the best idea for me was to get into an international institution here in Norway where I could take advantage of my English and continue studying. And the perfect fit was uh, BI uh, here in Oslo. Also another very highly reputable academic yeah. school. Um, but let's talk about the soccer side because you, you came and to a program that was a bit more established, uh, good history. I mean, Richard Nuttall, your coach, he's from England. He is, a, I would say, a legend in the game. He's been there for for decades and uh, he's always funny, uh, <laughs> has a funny remark and it must be fun to play play under him. Yeah, it was, certainly. He's he's a great guy. He's a, He could be a clown and he could be a tactical genius. Uh, he has all of it. But... Um, uh, he's kind of a people person and then uh, he's got his assistant coaches that are more like tactically focused so the combination really helped us to get some good achievements we didn't win anything during the two years uh, I went there but we we reached the final in the conference uh, I think that was in your first season at Hofstra you, yeah. you got to the conference tournament final Yeah, uh, and then I think you lost out on PKs in that game. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. We lost on penalties. And the team we lost to, uh, James Madison University, they ended up reaching the f- the final, not the final. Uh, For Elite Eight, Elite I think. Elite Eight, I think, yeah. yeah. So the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals, yeah. And uh, like we, we ended playing in maybe mid-November and they ended playing in late December. And... That was just awful. The The feeling there was just awful because they, they went so far and that also made us believe that we could literally beat anyone. They they beat the schools that were in like the top 15 uh, nationally. So, yeah, it is the Colonial Conference. They, um, there's a lot of good teams. So if you if you do well in that conference, you can typically go on and, and reach quite far in the, in the national tournament, which is, of, of course, the... Everybody wants to get in the national tournament. That's you're on in the dance floor, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Charles, did you ever get? Uh, well, you, back in your Boston days, yeah, you got the into final. nationals. I so the you national keep final. bragging yeah. about that. <clears throat> you know, um, so I I played the national final the twenty uh, second of December two thousand and fifteen. So uh, I had to fly back home to Norway the day after. So my mom. Could see me for Christmas, but yeah. So I I played the the final in the nationals. That was pretty big. We were in New York for uh for a week. Because Boston is not too far away from New York. No, but um, as you mentioned before, we also had an advisor with us for that week. So we were checked into a hotel, and we had one game and one day off, and then one game and one day off, and stuff like that. So we we get to combine because we had all our finals that week, but we were playing the national. Uh, we were playing the nationals, so we um. 
uh, we had also an advisor with us. But that, that was pretty cool to be in to be in New York and play playing the Nationals. It was it was huge, and I got the ring and and everything was great. So yeah. So you ended up winning. No, no. I ended up uh, receiving a uh, red card in that <laughs> game uh, for talking to the ref, and uh, we lost two uh, one. Uh, so um, yeah, that was. We're not going to talk about that, but I ended up playing in the final, so that was cool. <laughs> and receiving a red card. So the, you got the ring for that, okay? Yeah, I guess for winning the we won the every, reg- we, regional yeah, and, and the, the conference, conference and everything. We won yeah. everything else. Yeah, we went eighteen and one that season. We lost the final. That's Heartbreaking. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and you then finished up, uh, but you had some time being. 30 minutes train ride away from Manhattan to check out uh, what the Big Apple has to offer too, I imagine. Yeah, I did. So especially during the spring where we didn't have season, um, we were able to travel into Manhattan basically each weekend. Usually during the week, we were very busy with studies and you still practice and play friendly games during the spring. So there weren't really that much time, but um, during the weekend, we usually went to Manhattan and uh, maybe experienced some of the more uh, urban places that not necessarily the tourists uh, are going to. And uh, there are certainly uh, some secret places there that you really get to know if you live there and you're not there for only uh, a vacation, which is yeah. very nice. Because I... There was a quite an international uh, team yeah. at Hofstra, but I imagine there must be some New Yorkers that uh, attend the school as well. Yeah, it was, but they didn't really. They weren't as excited of the city as we were, so they usually, yeah, <laughs> they usually just stayed at Long Island and just did their thing, basically. Yeah, so, what would you say when we talk about that you've been both in New York and in Florida? What would you say are the biggest, like, socially differences between being a student in Florida and being a student in New York? It's um, uh, when I was in Florida, I weren't in Miami. I was uh, studying uh, in a place called Boca Raton. It's a very rich area where there are a lot of uh, maybe older people. They wanted to. They want to just settle down and retire there. So uh, it wasn't as like high tempo, hectic, and you didn't get as much like uh, impulses as you would in New York. Um, in New York, uh, there's a lot, uh, it's, it's a lot of variety. There's much more variety than there is in Florida. And you would get sort of everyone. You would get the guy who chance at everyone on the street uh, and you would get the people that that just say hello to you and you would get uh, the mexican who's angry and you would you would get anyone basically so that's sort of the the cool thing about new york and i think it's a much more exciting city than boca raton but when i went to miami a couple of times in florida that's also a place where you get a lot of uh, different impulses and it's very Latin America based, which is yeah. also cool. Yeah, because I remember <clears throat> when after my year in Boston, I had to transfer or I wanted to transfer. Yeah. And um, I went up, well, I got an offer to visit a school in Miami. 
and uh, you know they visited me. You know they showed me the school. Everything was great. It was on the beach. Uh, it was a great school. And I called my dad and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to Miami. <laughs> and my dad was like, no, Trolls, you're absolutely not going to Miami because I want you to do well in school. I want you to focus on the soccer <laughs> pitch. And because I'm a big surfer, I come from from a place in Norway where we're used to surfing. And so. He just said you're not gonna go there because you're not gonna you're just gonna waste your time going yeah. to Barry University in, in Miami. So I ended up going to Plymouth in New Hampshire instead, where there's <laughs> literally nothing. The surf <laughs> is not that great. The surf is Hampshire. not that great. You could go skiing though, so I went skiing there. But yeah, I remember big differences between yeah. Boston and Miami and Boston and Plymouth as well. Yeah. How, how was it to? Because it's a very they talk about it being a family when you're part of a team. I mean, you live together, you study maybe in the same classes. Uh, business is quite a uh, popular major for, for students to take. You you play together, you travel together. I mean, to integrate there, how, how you, you come right in and was that a difference in Florida when you were like brand new versus the next time around when you were like, better in english and quite probably Certainly, a bit more yeah. confident yeah it was it was a big difference so when i came into the squad in new york i was more used to how people are in america and i was used to the college life and everything so it was sort of easier to adapt but then again that's what what's great with being a student athlete in america is that you you get like immediately integrated in the group it's completely different from just Uh, traveling to a new place and you don't you basically don't know anyone and you have to make your own friends and and everything but now you get kind of you just get into a group and they take care of you they they understand that they need to take care of you socially for you to be able to play well uh, in your sport so it's a lot of focus on that. And that's what's great about the American environment as well. Uh, and that is that they're so friendly and open-minded. Um, I see people here in Oslo, like how they treat the internationals aren't what they do in, aren't necessarily the same as what they do in America. I, A lot of the internationals uh, I'm studying with here at BI, they complain about uh, the Norwegian people being very to themselves. And so... And that was one of the great attributes I gained from being abroad that I'm now able to communicate with the internationals very well and they feel that uh, I understand them mm. here in Norway, which is a huge benefit. Yeah, it's a great advantage to have. Yeah. To round up your student-athlete career, did you, when you look back at it, do you have any regrets, stuff you didn't do or take advantage of? Um... I uh, I regret not visiting the West Coast while I was in America. That is 100% one of the areas I really want to visit. But I just didn't really have the time for it. But uh, uh, And I also maybe... I, I wish I probably uh, spent more time in New York City maybe. Mm. Yeah. But then your GPA, your grade point average exactly, might have been yeah. lower. So it's a uh, it's a trade off there. It's a trade off, and luckily my grades uh, went well. Yeah, mm. they did. Because the next uh, part, uh, you graduated, cap and gown, special moment for you and your family. Uh, but the next stop was to come back home and start your masters. Yeah. 
So that was a decision I I took uh, primarily based of COVID. Uh, I realized that the job market here in Oslo wasn't as strong as uh, it was pre-COVID. So I decided to just continue studying while I was in the mood for it, basically. So uh, now I will be maybe I will be 23 when I graduate with a master's degree, and that's a very young age mm. and. Uh, I have a lot of uh, years in front of me where I can gain valuable experience. I would, and I will probably be better off with both a bachelor's and a master's degree now. So, so what, what's the the difference then? Since you've been studying now two places, yeah, and this is a completely English master's you're doing too at a at a at a, at a highly academic school, uh, highly ranked. Well, kind of like Hofstra. Only yeah. here. How, how how do you feel that's been going so far? For me, it's been going very well because um, it's very it's based on you being able to formulate yourself both written like written and oral in English. And uh, I I realized that I possessed a lot of the same skills as a Norwegian bachelor student, but they aren't necessarily as good at um, getting their point out and that's one of the areas where I feel like I've really benefited and uh, in my studies we also have a lot of um, uh, participate like you need to participate and that's some of the grade usually 30 to 40 percent of your grade in the master's program or is uh, uh, participation and I'm able to reach out and just speak uh, speak whatever I want to say in a, in a good way, which really helps me. Good. I think a lot of people will... You have that confidence in... Yeah. Especially we have students that end up... Some come back to their home country and study. Others do a detour and uh, do an, a master's in another country. Of course, with all with English-speaking programs, but that is a uh, the, the way the education and what they've been used to. You know, we talked about it with with some other colleagues about taking a public speaking class <laughs> in 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 the bachelor's degree in the U.S. I think that's mandatory for every school, and that really. You might not like that class at the time, but it actually really helps you to to become better at stuff that really matters. It when does you're in, in your when you're going to end up as in in the business world. Exactly, being outspoken and just being able to reach out to people is a huge uh, ability that you need to possess in today's world of business. And uh, I mean, uh, people might have the skills, but if they're not able to communicate properly, (laughs) and uh, sorry, uh, communicate properly and able to reach out to people, you don't get far, so. Yeah, you need to show show the employer, you need to show the world that you, uh, uh, you can, you're smart and and portray that to them. I think it's been fantastic to speak to you, uh, Felix, and get your your take. You're relatively fresh out of the system, and um, you, you've done a little different path than others. Done it. Uh, you've you've done it quicker. And uh, look at you. You're still a young stud, getting <laughs> uh, getting uh, getting ahead in life. So, what's the next uh, uh, plan now? 
after you're done with your degree. I read somewhere that uh, on your bio at, I think, Hofstra, it said that one day you want to start your own business. Is that still the plan? Yeah, I, I would like to start my own business, but I still see that it might be useful for me to gain some valuable work experience in the companies before, so I can kind of get uh, more ideas and uh, more like knowledge. I need, because the main uh, thing for me is that I need work experience. Mm. Uh, I've got the education, I've got a different background and uh, and things like that, but I need some work experience to really get to just understand how life works in general before I start doing something like that. Yeah, And you need a cracking good idea exactly. and a plan to do it. <laughs> exactly. As well. And I need good people around me and uh, I need uh, I need to probably just gain uh, a bigger network as well for it to help. And that's one of the main benefits with America that I'm now able to have a network both here in Norway and in America. Just useful. Mm. It's very, very, very useful. I just want to say uh, thanks, Felix, for stopping by and talking with us. <laughs> There's you. no doubt that you have a great future ahead of you, and uh, we're excited to to follow you on that one. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs>